Shame is real. Shame is everywhere. Shame affects everyone. Shame is your enemy. Shame is my enemy. Shame is a killer. A killer of dreams. Shame is the reason for most of your fears. Shame never goes away. The only way to win shame is to talk about it. For shame cannot shame the shameless. Welcome to the Shameless Podcast with Ajiwali Uluwatun. Alright guys, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Shameless Podcast. My name remains actually Oluwatuni and we've been doing it for about 9 episodes now and today is the 10th episode and guess who we have in the pool? Just guess, just guess. <laughs> Alright, we have Olamide Tobola. Um, I've known him for about 4, 5, 6, 7 years. Abi, how many years now? 6, 7 years? I don't know, I have 5, 6 years. Since about 2015, yeah, yeah, about, yeah. About years. you know, and uh, I, I will not do the talking for him, I'll let him introduce himself, and I'll, I'll talk. All right, Alamdi, tell us a bit about you. Okay, yeah, thank you, Tony. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to be here. Um, my name is Olamdi Tobolak Emmanuel. Uh, what do I think? I, I do many things actually. So, um, but primarily, I'm, I'm a freelancer, right? And um, I'm also a graduate of microbiology because um, I don't do that part of me into the people that I'm a freelancer and all that, right? Um, also, I, I I do a lot of content creation, right? Um, I work with brands, I work with businesses, I work with companies, all right? Across the group, actually, all right? So, uh, um, I what else did I do? Okay, I'm into copywriting and content content writing as well. Right, so um, I write press reviews, sales copy, language pages, you know, uh, all that you know, across diverse companies all all around. And um, what I was about, okay, like I said earlier, I'm going to my college from the bottom of the university. And um, yeah, um, also. If, yeah, I mentor people, I train people, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm just enthusiastic about the digital and the economy, right? I inspire a lot of people to learn their skills, you know, and also teach them on how to actually monetize all of them. So that's the all that I do um, as a person. Yeah. Ah, uh, has been humble, yeah. <laughs> he did not mention the fact that he's also a pastor. <laughs> He's also a pastor. <laughs> so uh, I, I, <laughs> so I, I got I got to uh, know a through church, right? In um, 
in where we were in school, we attended the same fellowship. And um, at some point, he was the president of the fellowship, so he's a big man here, yeah. right? So, <laughs> he's a big man here, yeah. and um, he is is is. He has been doing well in the freelance space, to be very honest, right? Like, when I mean doing well, like, I mean he has been doing very well. And, uh, you know, training people on how to use platforms like Upwork, LinkedIn, Fiverr to, you know, make as much money as possible. Right? And um, so before he goes, I'll drop my card number <laughs> so that he can do <laughs> some of this list. Right? But really, if if you want to learn, you know, how to make the most of the internet to make money, I think Olamide is a guy, right? So, yes, you know, um, get get to business now, Olamide. What what will you define as shame? First of all, let's start the conversation from there. So, like we do it here, we do not have pre-planned questions. Yeah, the conversation just takes hold of us. So, Olamide, what do you think is shame? I think that's fundamental in that discussion. Um, from a general perspective. Yeah, any any Hello. any which way. Yes, yes, absolutely. Any which way. Okay, all right. Uh well generally, uh, uh shame is basically an unpleasant um self-conscious emotions, you know. Um which most oftentimes uh be a negative evaluation of emotion uh, all right sometimes leads to um distress you know mistrust um just worthlessness sometimes actually so um generally i i i see shame uh all right as a painful feeling all right um arising from the consciousness of being of of being ridiculed all right and then particularly when it has to do more with um putting yourself out there uh putting yourself in public and all that so basically it's an unpleasant self-conscious emotions towards oneself yeah oh wow thank you for that definition Dogola. um so but in your definition you said it's an unpleasant unpleasant what self-consciousness towards being ridiculed right did i get that right yes 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 so so when you say being ridiculed who is is the am i ridiculing myself or the public is going to ridicule me or i, I want to know whose rule that is all right so um generally uh it's two-sided all right okay um, you know, uh, because in the sense that whenever when it comes to building in public, um, there are two there are two major parties involved: yourself and also who you are actually building for. All right, so it is called building in public because there are audience. It is called building in public uh, because there is a party involved aside yourself. All right, so oftentimes uh, it can come in both ways. All right, from the public they are actually building for, and also you as a builder or uh, you know as a creator as well. Right, so um, many times, oftentimes, um, the bulk of the work is on yourself. All right, um, if you can personally overcome shame, I feel that you not to bother yourself about what people think about you, about what people are saying about you, and all that. So there's this, um, you know, uh, self-esteem, all right, that you just you know develop as a result of you 
you know, um, working on yourself and focusing more on yourself than what other people think about you. So I, I feel that shame comes from more, more, more from the perspective of oneself, all right, than others. Even though sometimes you can go to ways, all right, when you think to now think about what exactly I put saying about what I do, what exactly, um, you know, uh, what exactly are the feedback I get to get as a result of what I do out there, and, and sometimes some of those feedback will actually get you because you actually have emotions, all right. We all have emotions, you know, we all have feelings and all that, but primarily, um. Um, from my own personal personal experience, I feel that uh, if you can overcome shame yourself, then ninety percent of the work is done. Yeah. So, 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 like you, you mentioned something very silly in there, but I just want to receive clarification now, right? Um, um, you mentioned the fact that um, shame is personal, right? So, are you saying shame is mostly imaginative? Like, like, it's not something that gets to happen, but it's just something that we get to imagine most of the time. I don't know if I if I got it clearly there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I get, I get that. I'll clarify that. So, um, like I said earlier, when I was making my definition of shame and all that, that it's an unpleasant, self-conscious emotions towards of, you know, um, and oftentimes usually associated with negative evaluation from people or even about yourself. So, um. Like I said earlier, it's two-sided, all right? When people talk about what you do, you can now begin to think, oh, and now begin to reevaluate what you do in the light of what has been said to you, all right? So uh, it could be imaginative in the sense that, you know, uh, even before people speak to you or people even comment on what you do as a creator and all that, you begin to think, oh, am I exactly you know, doing these things rightly, all right? They now begin to think, oh, am I satisfying my audience? Am I satisfying the public, all right? Am I... Am I deriving that satisfaction from what I do? All right, so that will come as a thought. All right, and at the same time, okay. it will also come. At, it could also be reactionary in the sense that you know you now begin to view of what exactly people are thinking about what you do as a creator. Okay. 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 That that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So, so most of the time, it's always first the perceived emotion before it. Um, it gets to the actual. So most of the time, what 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 um what we think ends up to be shame is not shame, or does not happen. Is that what you are trying to say? No, it, it happens. It happens actually. No, no, no I'm right? saying like most of the time, right? So yeah. I'm afraid that somebody will say my work is bad, but most of the time, at the end of it, nobody will guess to say that. So most of the shame that we we get to have is something that we imagine in our head that might not even get to happen yes although yeah we're not ruling out the fact that it actually happens you know we see on twitter every day where people are are being shamed you know (laughs) so 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 am i correct yeah 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 yeah. oh okay good good thank you so um you mentioned from your own personal experiences right so i wanted to share like one two three experiences you've had about shame either perceived or actual as the case may be all right all right so uh uh yeah that, that's a very interesting question uh you know like don't introduce people like i introduced myself earlier that i'm actually a freelancer and i'm also a content creator all right um although primarily uh i i, I do content creation for myself for my brand all right i think i forgot to mention that when i was introducing myself i have a freelancing brand a newly established freelancing brand called business all right okay so, uh, we basically basically get to uh, 
we just have this vision to empower young people across Africa and okay. to relevant digital schools to try the gig economy. Okay. So okay. um I'm actually building in public, so I definitely have a lot of experience, you know, and all that. So um generally in freelancing, from my own personal personal experience in terms of shame, in terms of uh, you know, uh, in terms of demotions and all that and all that. So basically, um for me, um I feel that you know, um, as a freelancer, primarily, all right, building uh, it is actually very important, very important actually, because uh, you are you are you are yourself promoter. No one is going to promote your business for you and all that. So, and sometimes you might feel that you are really not good enough. You know, probably probably are into copywriting, probably are into data science, probably are a software developer and all that. You know, and then so for me personally, it's kind of like that because uh, I have no proper foundation about copywriting because that's primarily my skill all right i have no proper foundation i didn't attend any for copywriting master class yeah. you know, and all that so uh when i you, you know uh initially started out freelancing i felt that um, i would definitely be sidelined right i felt that i wasn't good enough i felt that i would deliver very terrible jobs and at the same time i needed to make money i needed to you know, get my head off, you know, put my, you know, you know, um, get my hand dirty and all that. So, um, these are some of the experiences I had back there. You know, I, 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 I was just kind of, you know, too motivated, sort of, all right. So, and it kind of affected my level of productivity because I felt that I'm not, I wasn't good enough, all right. Even though, uh, eventually I get to learn many of the things I know about copywriting by working on this project, you know, by learning from my errors, from my mistakes, and all that. So. That's, that was one of one major experience I had, all right? Um, you know, starting out in freelancing or starting out starting out as a copywriter. Then also, uh, you know, uh, from there I started I started focusing on building a freelancing brand, you know, talking about freelancing on the internet, you know, um, you know, and all that. So when I started, actually, I think one of the things I opened was the fact that I was quite of familiar with Tony Spitz, all right? You know, with uh, what? So you know, with Tony Spitz, with your tweets, actually. Oh, okay, uh, okay. It kind of gave me, it kind of gave me a level ground because you talk about most of those things back then, and it kind of gave me a level ground. That, oh, I think I can actually be the public. I think I don't have to be, sh- I, you know, I don't have to be uh, shameful about what I do or who I am primarily. But then it kind of helped me, all right, to a large extent. Um, but at the same time, when I started building, when I started putting in the, the main work, you know, I felt that oh. Because you know, and particularly when you are just starting out, there are no likes, there are no retweets, there are no, and then sometimes you can confuse that to mean that you are actually not doing the right thing. Yeah. Okay. Particularly yeah. When you, you know, <laughs> you know, particularly when you make a tweet and then you no know, likes, and then you have like maybe like seven hundred. I think I had about seven. No, not not seven hundred followers. I think I had about four hundred followers. So I thought ah, out of those four hundred followers, at least even some people that came to my phone would have just liked my teeth and all that. So I felt when I wasn't doing I wasn't doing the right thing yeah. or I was or I had the wrong audience sort of you know and so, sometimes you know um no one is a superhero even though people feel that we are all superheroes on the internet and all that but then we have our own personal moments we have yeah. our own emotions you know and all that so it kind of made me a little bit down all right in the sense that I felt I felt oh probably this this is not the right thing for me to do probably uh people don't really like what i do or maybe it's not going to work not that so um that was due to some of the little experiences they were major actually because 
uh, there were major, there were major uh, um, experiences I had when I started out you know, uh, building uh, in the freelancing space. Yeah, I think I've shared two stories now. So, so, so the the Twitter bit is 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 quite relatable <laughs> <laughs> because you know when it, it, the major realization for me was when one particular day i went to check my impression you know twitter analytics and all that and i saw now i was getting a lot of impression right now it's people were seeing my tweet but people were not you know, liking they're not retweeting and interacting with it so i knew people were, so i was thinking people were not seeing it you know my head until i saw the impression oh people are seeing this but why are they not liking why are they not interacting you know and I think it just it just boils down to a little bit of consistency. I, I I know I know for you now, yeah, you've grown. So so I want to I want to do the talking, right? So if, if you measure yourself then, right, and you measure yourself now, can you can you tell us the the, the metrics, right, like okay. numbers, and in the space yeah. of how long and all of that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, it's actually very interesting. All right, um, I, I would say you know, you know, there are some things that you get to read online, you get to read from books, you get yeah. to read from other people and all that, and then they are not applicable. All right, and that, and also there are some things that are actually very applicable, particularly when you experience it. You know, times back then, you know, um, I remember some of your things. First, I was not really concerned about whether people liked. Like I said, like I was saying the other time that uh, you know. Um, what kept him moving was my consistency. You know, I didn't care about whether people liked my tweet, whether you know I got rid of the tweet and all. I didn't care. I was just concerned about helping people. I was concerned about you know, even if it's just one person, uh, you know, that actually got help as a result of my tweet, as a result of the value that I give out there. I think I'm satisfied. All right, and then I know that with time, uh, you know, I will be able to reach a much more wider audience. And now. You know, the thing is, you know, back then, I mentioned I had, I think I had about 400 followers back then. And now, today, I think I'm close to about 9,000 followers on Twitter. Within a space of, actually, um, I started I started putting myself out there during last year lockdown. So, around March, within a space of one year, actually. All right, so, it's, it's been an actually interesting journey. And um, one of the things I was I actually noticed the fact that, you know, I kept on being consistent. I kept on putting my eyes on the ball. You know, and then uh, I was just, I was just concerned. I was just passionate about helping people. And then you know, eventually, the likes and the comment and all that are coming naturally, even without me being concerned on it. Yeah. Wow. So, are you trying to say you grew eight thousand five hundred followers in about one year? Yes, actually, yes. That's massive, That's massive. That's massive. Not everybody is going to get this kind of success, right? This kind of massive growth right because even with myself i tweet consistently right and i'm just about 1300 and i think i got to that far because you mentioned me in one of your tweets <laughs> right so yeah, I I, 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 and this is something that people might wonder, but i've been doing this all along why am i not getting this kind of result what, what do you have to say about that yeah so uh yeah it's very important that uh that you actually ask that question because um, uh, you know sometimes I get to wonder that uh, you know there are some people that that give out a lot of value on the internet that are very wonderful creators you know you know that you know uh, put out values in terms of content in terms of information in 
terms of resources and all that. And at the same time, they don't get as much traction, all right, as people that actually don't put out. So it just shows you that you know um, you have different kind of audience, all right, um, all over. So um, uh, me primarily, primarily, um, you know, I feel that it's usually very important that you actually find your target market, all right, yeah. because one thing one thing is not everyone is your target market for example not everyone is my target market on the internet all right so um uh that one of the things that actually that i think helped me all right and then i was able to you know through my consistency actually i was able to you know network with a lot of people that are influencers on twitter you know people like chaos godwin people like tindy tash moments with brain and all that so these are people that they already have that followers so they got interested in what i was doing even while I had very little followers, I think I had less than 1,000 followers. Or but then they, they were just one way or the other. I don't know. My tweets came to them. Or yes. Maybe somebody retweeted, you know, something like that. But then, and, and I'm sure that they must have either gone to my page to check how consistent I have had been, actually, because they don't just recommend people. They will have most likely be stuck in my page without me knowing. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, um, and, and I would attribute that to my level of consistency. Right, because just imagine them coming to my page and then they can't find anything valuable, or maybe just once in a month post or once in a, once in two month tweets. Jigger yeah. up saying so. Um, I, I, I still bring it back to consistency, actually. You know, uh, keep keep on doing what you're doing, um, ensure that you don't stop, ensure that you are particular about helping people, not a, not necessarily about growing followers. Me yeah. personally, like I said, um, you know, um, I oftentimes have a lot of things that I do. A lot of your tweets that you know I bookmark that I get to go back to you know um, you know sometimes you can actually get carried away it's normal right you know, right so you can actually get carried away but sometimes you know I just go back there and then just read up you know and then you know I get motivated back and stay on the course of why I'm actually doing what I'm doing which is to help a lot of young people and, and by, by doing that yeah I'm gaining traction I'm gaining the numbers I'm reaching out to people are getting to reach out to me I'm also reaching out to as many people as possible but at the same time don't um you know uh, sometimes our experiences could be unique all right but what is right is for you to pick the important things from what i just shared which is my consistency actually all right and also that eagerness to your people all right and one of the things i oftentimes usually tell creators freelancers people that are looking to put up put, put themselves out there is that you know um be more concerned about growing a community than actually growing a follower than actually growing followers rather sorry all right so um when you when you think about communities you would not you not feel too down when you're not when you're not going in numbers in terms of followers on twitter and all that so um first of all the target market matters all right and also um ensure that you are keep on doing what you're doing sometimes it takes years like i said you know uh my own experience can be i don't know maybe exceptional but it's not even exceptional because there are, there are people that will join twitter today and then put out some content and then in the next two or three days they already on <laughs> so uh you know you can't keep you can't keep um taking uh, or breathing in other people's experience and expect it to work the same way to work for them also for you all right so yeah. but then what what is really important that you have pick up pick up the main thing all right that is more general and actually works for example consistency is general it works for almost everybody if you, if you stay consistent what you're doing uh you know uh, if you stay concerned what you're doing, you know, the traction will come, the numbers will come, regardless of the time frame. But at the same time, you know, you know, when even when the numbers come, they will easily go back 
all right, to some of the things that you have been saying earlier on. And then they'll say, oh, this guy had no likes. No, in fact, some of the things that I tweet today are the things that I already tweeted some months back when they were no likes. And now they're getting, I'm getting the likes. So it kind of eases me of some stress of having to write, having to write new tweets and all that. So what I just basically do is I just copy and paste and then put it out there and all that. So um, always pick out, pick out the main focus, all right? The main thing that seems to work for everybody in terms of, uh, you know, uh, in terms of uh, effectiveness, one of them is your consistency. Also, oftentimes, as a creator, as a freelancer, always define your target market. And you know, uh, if you can stay, stay consistent, keep on doing what you're doing, be concerned about helping people. Um, when the traction comes, you know, it would also you know um, help in the sense that you know people can be able to trace your track record. That oh, this person has been around. Oh, this person is not just a newbie. This person has been around for quite a while. And all that. So, yeah, I think that's my advice for it so i don't know if you stumbled on this by tweet where i talk about the power of one person right where yeah sure i have <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of us are focused on getting 100 people all at once right and i think it boils down to what you just said right and you know most of us want 100 people 100 000, right so we've not even seen that one person and focus on that one person to grow that one person Right, and, and also, I, I, there's this scenario I give you about Facebook and Apple, right? Facebook has more people like the servicing. You know, right? Apple has lesser people with the servicing, but they have way more money than Facebook yeah. never, will, will yeah. never get to. Right? So, most of the time, people focus on mass rather than focus on, like you said, your target audience. So, your target audience might be 1,000 people, and that is very fine. Yes, another person target audience might be 30,000 people, right? So we should stop comparing ourselves on on based on followership, rather based on impact and the number of people that are based on community, like you said, like wanting to do the community than wanting to do the follower based. I, I, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed that explanation. Thank you very much, Paula. I, I, I sometimes I, I personally I don't even get to monitor my my uh, what is it my follower base on twitter i just go there i just tweet and i live there <laughs> i just tweet and i live there so i think it's, it's good advice right so um based still on this social media bit right a lot of comparison goes on right i know we, we spoke subtly about it but i want you to um, expatiate a little bit right when people are comparing themselves with so so for instance he started freelancing he started teaching people how to freelance rather and in less than a year you're already like an authority in the field right and somebody starts now and the person doesn't get that particular result yeah you know and the person starts feeling bad about himself thinking that the person like, i'm not good enough look at somebody doing this what am i doing wrong you know and all of those things you know that's that's a shame narrative you agree with me, yeah. What do you have to say about it? Okay, um, uh, yeah, it's a very interesting question. Thank you very much. Um, and I actually, you know, I was not like that as well because, uh, you know, when I started out putting myself out there, you know, I, I had a lot of people that I look up, like I look up to basically, all right, on Twitter, all right, and also on LinkedIn, actually. You know, I have people that you know, I just go to their page, look out some of the things that they do, and then I'll begin, I'll begin to think, oh, let me copy this style, let me put, let me just see that. In their content and let me see if I'm 
going to get the same number of likes, the same number of comments, the same number of traction. As most of the time, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> you know, it doesn't work that way, actually. You know, um, one of the things I, I would advise is um, ensure that you know what you're doing. All right. A lot of, so, one of those is about the public. Uh, you know, you want to, you know, you want people to know you want to be an authority in whatever niche you have, maybe freelancing niche, maybe networking, maybe digital skin and all that. So one of the things that you actually have to do is to, you know, know the long term and short term plan. I actually tell people that, you know, I personally, when I started out, I had a short term plan, I had a plan, and a short term plan doesn't necessarily mean one week or two weeks plan. It was, in fact, it was around six months. So I had a plan that, oh, if I'm going to do this for six months, what is going to be the end result? So, uh, you know, I had that plan that, oh, if it was not going to work, so I was going to go back to the drawing board, check out what I was doing wrongly and all that. So, and also I, I had a long-term plan, but at the same time, I so much believed in what I was doing. And, and I think it's very important, you know, sometimes your belief are actually, can actually be a very good push for you, right? So what you do, if you believe in what you're doing, if you're passionate about what you're doing, you know, it would be a very good push for you, you know, regardless of, uh, you know, when you are not having a good time in terms of traction. Because actually, even if no matter how much you talk about this um, gaining followers thing, gaining a lot of traction, it actually helps in the sense that it can actually get you motivated. Mm. All right. So it's not completely negative. All right. Even when you are trying to reach out to 1,000 people, you know, sometimes you can just be over ambitious, particularly as beginners. <laughs> so when we say oh you don't necessarily have to gain one you don't, you don't necessarily need 1000 followers but at the same time if you have that 1000 followers you might be too you know your motivation will be on the high side because you feel like oh people know what you're doing i can also reach out to more people you know you now begin to expand your reach yeah i don't know i don't know if you go know around saying so um but then at the same time always know what you want all right always know um you know always always be a go-getter that's me actually i'm, I'm just a go-getter i just <laughs> believe in what I want, you know, I, I, I just want to believe in what I do actually, you know, and I'm happy about it, you know, and then I want to do a lot of creators, a lot of freelancers that, you know, uh, don't compare yourself actually, you know, oftentimes, I, just, I, I, I hear this from my pastor that comparison is a tip of blessings, or a tip of joy, all right, yeah. so um, don't compare yourself, we all have our individual differences, and you can't copy, there's sometimes that you even copy some people's stuff, and then it doesn't work for you, I've mm. done that before actually, from my experience, you know, I just look at some people's tweet, and I feel like, okay, how did this, how did this kind of, how did this person gain a lot of traction? It could yes. be the Edgar, it could be the capital letters and all. And then, at the same time, I will do the same thing and I will not get it. <laughs> you know, it's quite funny, you know, and then I won't get it like another day. I just tell myself that, hey, let me just keep on doing what you're doing. Just stay consistent and all that. You know, for example, yesterday, uh, because I was off Twitter for a while, so I felt it was going to affect me when I get back. Let me share this story. So I thought it was going to affect me because I was off Twitter for like five or six days, which is quite unusual because I post almost every day. I actually learned that from doing. I post <laughs> almost every day, almost every day, just so that people can know that oh, this guy is still here, you know. And that's that's one way you actually build an authority, whatever niche you, you, you are projecting out. So I was off Twitter for about five to six days, you know. And then when I go back, all right, because my page was already cold, sort of, you know. People, I'm sure some people have noticed that where is this guy, you know? And some people have just moved on and feel that oh. Maybe he's not he's no longer consistent in what he's doing and all that. So I just made a tweet that, oh, uh, who missed me and all that. And then I think I got about 13 people reacted to that tweet and all that. But then I was not, I thought that a lot of people should have reacted and all that. that ah, say these people don't value me anymore, Gino. So after that, exactly. So after then, I now 
I now made a tweet yesterday as we had putting out some resources out there. And within within about about 20 to 30 minutes, I had already 500 comments on that tweet. And then I was wondering that these guys, where have you guys been and all that? Did you have saying? So the end point there is that you know I could have felt bad because I had little or no reaction when I go back, you know, when I resume back and all that. But I, I just moved on that own. It happens. And I'm not really concerned about that and all that. So, and now I have, I'm more motivated because I know that a lot of people are actually looking out for me, looking at what mess I'm going to do and all that. So, don't compare yourself at all. Please, don't compare yourself. If you're a creator, if you're a freelancer, you want to build in public, remove comparison from your business plan. All right? Uh, focus about what you're doing. And just like Tony said earlier, that you know, uh, the power of one actually matters. Like I said, I had the right motivation because I was exposed to the right set of information. Uh, you know, majorly Tony Streets, you know. I mentioned him a lot, actually, because, you know, he knew when I started, you know, and uh, I can remember sharing my first blog post to you for you to any read because, you know, I was just scared of putting there, you know, and some people now start comments. <laughs> you know, it's quite funny because Twitter, is a very, Twitter can be very funny. Some people can criticize you and all that. I can remember sharing it to Tony on WhatsApp that, hey, guy, let me go through it before I post it online and all that. So, uh, he, has been, he has been actually very instrumental in my growth process and all that. So I was opportune to uh, listen to, to read the right information and all that. And then I think that you don't necessarily have to um, make mistakes to actually gain experience. You can actually learn from other people's experience by getting yourself exposed to people that will you know, put you on the right lane. So don't say that, oh, let me make that mistake. Then I will now learn from that experience. No, you don't have to make mistakes. You don't have to make errors. You can actually get it right from the beginning. You can, for example, for those that will be listening to this podcast, now that you know um, the things that you actually have to put in mind while you are starting out, you know, just let that thing be your push. That's actually the right foundation. So you don't necessarily have to fall into the same error or into the same mistakes. I think I'm clear on that. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'm just dropping you back to back for us. <laughs> right. So you mentioned an experience right there. Eh? um you you mentioned that who missed me right and just 30 people mentioned you see so you said you felt bad right so you know taking it away from maybe um maybe people do not value you again because ah, no there's a way how to ask the question it's not formed okay. properly in my head but I, I, let me say from my experience sometimes i feel like i was not away for like five days right if I'm valuable, I expect you to like send me text messages, like, hey, what's up? I'm here from you, you know, and all of those things, right? And you know, I see other people, you say, hey, guys, thank you for checking up on me, right? I was not available, I was so sorry, so thank you for calling, thanks, thank you to those. And anytime I am unavailable, I do not get all of those things. Now, I'm like, is it that I am not doing well enough? Or now this is me personally, right? Because it happens to me. I'm, I'm doing this podcast firstly because of me, right? So I, I feel like that. I, I, do you feel like that, number one? And number two, how do you handle it? Yeah, sure. Sure. It, it, it's a very interesting question uh, as well. All right. I feel like that. You know, uh, but at the same time, I will speak to move on because, you know, like I said earlier, I had the right foundation. So I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't really focused about. Um, you know whether I, I gained that tra- tra- I gained that traction, sorry, and all that. But as a matter of fact, I now discovered that I had about two or three people on Twitter made a tweet about me that oh I missed a lot over last tweets. <laughs> but then I didn't see that 
Yes, when I said that, at least one person shall miss you. Know, that's fine. I'm comfortable with that. You know, and then I actually also had a lot of people chat to me on WhatsApp. You know, that coach you have been doing, you and all that. So, um, sometimes you just, you know, see, I, I tell a lot of people that you know, uh, people's praises, people's comments can be very fickle. All right. Sometimes it could be true. Sometimes it could not be true, and all that. So don't rely. Don't don't too much rely on you know uh, what people think about you. That's me personally, all right? Uh, and I think it helps a lot of creators, a lot of freelancers, you know, it can actually be very fundamental to them and useful to them, actually, you know. Once you know that, that oh, whether people do this or not, you know, see, there are several people, particularly when it comes to the internet, so if you understand that part, you know, uh, you know, you take things lightly, all right? And then remember that you have, actually have emotions. You have emotions. And if you put yourself, if you, if you are depressed because of social media, you know, uh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's going to be a good thing on you actually you know does life is very cool yeah 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 that makes sense that makes sense so we'll be talking a little bit about twitter right i want us to quickly breeze it into freelancing i know you have a freelancing community right yeah and um, i know one of the issues a lot of people will be will be to project their shame or to share the shit their shame story or what they're afraid of what is the most common shame narrative that people tell you or talk to you about in the community okay um one major thing I, I i would mention thank you for the question one major thing i'll mention is uh a lot of people want to start out as experts and i i i, I you know and i said that because you know um i work with a lot of people like i said i have a community of thousands actually so i get to get a lot of dms a lot of inquiries and all that along the line of life. so people feel that i have to actually be an expert before um i can be useful all right and that's a very wrong mentality all right me personally for my story just like i said earlier you know, when i started out copywriting i had no proper training there were, i didn't attend any master class you know i didn't attend any workshop and all that but then i was able to learn on the job and all that so um what our advice is um see you can actually learn while moving all right so you don't have to get all, all things figured out you don't have to, oh, I want to be an expert before, you know, I have clients can start hiring and all that. So these are some of the common, um, you know, um, stories I get to get from my community. People feel that, oh, before I can start out as a data scientist, I have to know everything about data science. And freelancing is not like that. Because uh, in freelancing, you have the opportunity to work on the job or to learn on the job. Yeah. And also, there's a way you, you get pushed. All right. For example, you got a gig, a probably a software development gig, and now you are still learning. Maybe you are still learning HTML or JavaScript. Trust me, if you, if if adventure, all right, you got a gig like that. Trust me, that gig will push you to do a lot of research, to do a lot of reaching out to people. That way, you're actually being vulnerable. All right, because and then you are killing your shame, and obviously you don't want to flop. So you yeah. always want to reach out to people, check with people. That was how that was how I learned a lot of things that I need to do. So because oftentimes when I apply for those jobs, even though I know that one part of my mind is telling, oh, Lambda, can you do that? Lambda, oh, we are not going to flop. But then I will take the job. The one I take the job, one part of my mind is already telling me that, oh, Lambda, you need this money. So you have to do that good job. <laughs> so I tell people that doing a good job is also your competitive advantage. Yeah. All right. So in that way, you are vulnerable enough to push. You know, to check with two videos, to work on yourself, to reach out to people that could be of your see, there's really nothing that is difficult actually. All right. Once you have once once you are bold enough to reach out to people that are more experienced than you are, they can always get to put you through. Yeah. Silly stuff, silly stuff. I like I like the I like the quote that you said, being doing a good job is a complete advantage. 
I, I like that. Uh, <coughs> so, so that's good, right? So I know a lot of people think that um, um, you know you need to become an. I run a writing community, too, right? And people think you need to become an expert before they write. You know, and it's all usually the other way around. You need to start so that you can become an expert. You need to get your first gig, you know, so that you can go a little, a little above. You know, yes, your next gig will take you a little more above and like that, like that. So the act of doing is actually the act of growing, right? And a lot of people think you need to grow, then you not come and do. I don't know how they want to do that, but I really like the explanation. Yeah, so. For, for for freelancers, right? I know a lot of them are usually so I used to freelance full time, you know, like three, four, five years ago. And uh, one of the things that people how are you doing this thing? How are you doing? How are you getting clients here? Most people are afraid of their ability to write things like proposals. You need to build a profile and all of those things. Do, do you do you face all of those? Challenges. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's very interesting actually because um, oftentimes I I am I, um, I personally tell people that you know um, always tell us your roadmap to success. All right. So success you didn't just you didn't just you did not start successfully. I'm not sure anyone starts. I don't know. Well, I may be wrong. But at the same time, oftentimes a lot of people um, go through a lot of rough edges before yeah. actually making success and all that. So. Yeah, all of this, uh, you know, it's very difficult to get gigs. You know, I, I, and, and I personally believe that if, if it was easy to get gigs, everybody would become freelancers. <laughs> you know, uh, so every every business, every also every niche, all have their own, you know, downside, their own uh, cons. All right. So, um, what is most important there is, um, as a freelancer, all right, you must never outgrow being student. I see that a lot actually. Uh, you know, always be found learning, always be a student. A student is one who is always learning, who is who is open to knowing more, who is open to also on learning. All right. I tell people that you know, um, I've always known it to be this way, always choose a lot of freelancers. People feel that, oh, it is my method. Once it is it, it is it's an opposing method, all right, then it's not gonna work. So um don't always never go being a student. Be ready to learn, unlearn, and learn. Actually, do you get what I'm saying? So uh, it happens everywhere. But at the same time, if you have the right um, community, if you're in the right community, you have the right mentors. You know, you are reading the right information. I feel that I personally believe that you actually gain traction when it comes to landing clients and all that. And at the same time, I need to mention this: that freelancing is actually very broad, all right? And that's one of the narrative I, I, I'm currently trying to change on the internet. You know, um, there are several. So freelancing is not just restricted to freelance global marketplace like Fiverr, Upwork, Freelancer, People Power and all that, all right? Um, there's LinkedIn. A lot of people don't even know that you can actually get a lot of opportunities on LinkedIn. There's code pitching. There's, there is there is Google Map, you know, there's getting gigs on Twitter. I get a lot of gigs on Twitter, all right? So I'm not just there giving out value. I'm giving out value, but the value is coming back to me multidimensionally. Do you get what I'm saying? So um, I'm making money on Twitter. So, so as a freelancer, there are diverse opportunities. You just need to be exposed to them. All right. So um, if you keep on being in your ignorant states, you know, you keep on saying, oh, this is what I know, this is what I know, then you keep on restricting yourself and keep on complaining. So you need to come out from your shell, 
you have to be shameless about what you do, like when you usually say, you know, and all that. So I believe that um reaching out to people, you know, be bold about what you do, believe in what you're doing. And then um I, I personally believe you make a lot of progress as a freelancer. All hustles have their own uh you know rocky moments, it's normal. But at the same time, there are always solutions for it. Yeah, yeah. So one of the high points, that's that's good stuff from Lavan. One of the high points, right, about freelancing is the rejection. Right? Yeah. Basket of rejection. Uh the proposal, he did not respond to me. I've used all of, all of my coins. I, I forgot what is connect. 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 Uh, yeah. But nobody said anything to me. And so absolutely that started up work, right? You're very you're very pumped up. And you know, because they use all of their connects, right? And nobody gave them a response and all of that. They just say, No, this is not for me. I'm not doing this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You send, you send a sales letter or something to somebody on LinkedIn and the person did not did not even give you a response or you send to 20 people right i know one of the acts is to send to as many people as possible hoping to get one yeah and you send to as many people as possible and nobody is saying anything like hey let's take this call right and you know immediately what that does is that it begins to give you a sense of i'm not good enough yeah. So I want to talk about rejection, freelancing, you know, and shame. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's a very interesting question. I love that question because I've also had my fair share. All right. <laughs> so, but <laughs> I, I think I think the rejection maybe last week or so because uh, it just it just part of the also actually. So, um, don't think as oh this guy doesn't receive any rejection. No, 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 no. I do as well, very well, very well. So, and um, one of the things I've actually discovered, I will start from the basics. All right. For example. For those that are into upwork freelancing now uh, uh you can actually get a rejection mail when you want to register on the platform all right so uh upwork for, for example upwork is trying as much as possible to reduce the number of competition on the platform so uh you, you might you might most likely get a rejection mail, particularly when you are registering uh maybe as a writer because writing is actually very competitive in that sense all right uh maybe you are registering as maybe a data scientist and all that so it is very likely for you to get a rejection mail. but at the same time there are people that will register as a writer and not get a rejection mail. So it boils down to knowledge and it boils down to meeting the right people. So I tell a lot of my students that, see guys, don't allow, don't, don't, don't get free with those rejection mail, particularly for upwork account creation or approval. There's a way to it, but you might not know if you don't get to ask. All right. So if you feel that, oh, uh, once I get rejection mail, then that's all for me. Then I'm not, oh, no, 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 I'm not interested in freelance. Let me know. Then you're actually putting yourself at a disservice. Why you can why why you could have reached out to people that are more experienced that so one of the things I usually tell freelancers that you freelancing is not a solo journey. All right. You know, for, for example, me personally, I was when I started out freelancing, I had a lot of people that were in my corners and still in my corner actually, because you can't do it on your own. For example, you want to sell your phone because as a freelancer, you, you earn in dollars. How do you sell off? How do you sell your phones? Now that we even have a lot of payment issues here, yeah. you have to know somebody to know somebody to buy your PayNow, to buy PayPal, to buy this and that. So if you don't know these things, you might sometimes you might even lose your money. Do you get So just without it, it, it boils down to knowledge. It boils down to being bold. It boils down to coming out of your coming out of your shell. All right, being shameless. If you're shameless, it means that you're a go-getter. It means that regardless of whatever injection that comes, you know. We are moving on. Oftentimes we say we say this uh, cliche, we move. And that's it actually. One rejection, you see, I usually tell people that it's usually better for you to be 
to receive a rejection mail than not receiving any mail at all. Uh, you know, once you receive a rejection, you can know that you can move on instead of yeah. being expectant, you yeah. know, and all that. So, we all receive rejection news actually. GDG. So, I, I will employ a lot of freelancers out there that, um, particularly, there are areas that could work. For example, you are sending out a lot of code emails, um, you know, to people and then you are not getting any responses. It could be that you are doing some things wrong, all right. For example, I'll make I would just give you a tip, all right. So, although this is like a master tip, actually, I'll give you for free. So, for example, when you are sending out code emails, um, uh, particularly to prospect, it's usually advisable that you are not too salesy, you know, in your code email. All right. So, um, when I mean by don't, when I mean by you are not too salesy, simply means that you are not trying to sell yourself too much. All right. Um, the, the major idea of a, of sending out the code email or doing a code outreach is actually you wanting to help the client. So, and without you being particular about the terms. All right, you know, a lot of freelancers want they're just talking about money. I want to any dollar, I want to do this and all that. No, before it comes, all right, always ensure that you are a value giver. Like I said, I usually say that if you give a lot of value, the value will come back to you multi-dimensionally. All right, so uh, always ensure that you are you are passionate about helping a brand, helping a business, you know, helping a company. So if you are sending a code out to a company, let's say a company in Europe, first of all, always do your research, all right? Do your research about the company, know what the company offers, all right. This is like a pro bono actually so know what the company offers you know check out their website there are ways you can check out their website then always target those that are decision owners like uh executive marketing director like the hr like the editor like the content marketing strategies those are people that you know once you send them your emails they're most likely going to respond to you because they're the one in charge of the hiring process so if you send your email to the ceo ceo might not have time to hire anyone so most likely your, your mail will just Let's begin. I see one CEO on LinkedIn. I see one founder on LinkedIn. Then let me send a code out. It doesn't work that way. Always target those that are decision owners. For example, you are, you are a writer. Who are you supposed to target? You are supposed to target the editor of the company or a content marketing strategy of the company and all that, or the HR. Okay, so many times we do some things wrongly. All right, so that's why I usually say that you must never outgo learning as a freelancer. All right, always reach out to the right people, get the right knowledge, and then you keep moving forward. Yeah. So, so I'm very careful not to tell you to give me an example of how some of these things work, but I know they are premium, right? <laughs> but thank you for sharing that. So, that yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so guys, right? Like I said earlier, if you need all of these things, you know, globalize the guy, my life, right? <laughs> yeah. So. Let's let's take a little thing there from freelancing online and all these things, and let's build it more contemporary, um, not contemporary, but more um, you know, general perspective about shape, right? So there is this narrative that men are expected to be strong, they're not expected to cry, they're not expected to be mean, they're not expected to share emotions, and all of these things. Right? And women they're expected to have a, a particular body shape. You know, um, expected to take care of the family, they expected to be judged based on being a woman. So, for instance, if a woman um, has not gotten a job, you say it's because she has not gotten married, right? If a woman is doing very well in her office, maybe she's the CEO of the company, you say, and she's not married, you say it's because she, uh, she you say because of this of the position, that is why she has not gotten you know, a husband. If a woman is doing something, maybe a girl is doing something, I mean, you say, um, um, this is how you do when you get married, you know, and all of those silly narratives. What do you have to say about 
this gender narrative that plays and that foster shape. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah it, you know, uh, that's an interesting question because, um, uh, because oftentimes, you know, we feel that men are the stronger ones, then, you know, females are kind of, you know, uh, you know and all that, but then at the same time, but that's, that's, that, that narrative is totally wrong, and I feel that um, we need to talk more about these things, you know, um, so that a lot of people can be aware that, see, uh, when it comes to, when it comes to being strong, if there's a word like that, actually. When it comes to being strong, uh, it, it doesn't necessarily have to do with gender, all right? I'm a guy, at the same time, we all have emotions. So my own emotion is not thicker than the, one, than the emotion in the female and all that. No, we all have emotions and all that. So uh, um, when it comes to, you know, general perspective, you know, in terms of body shaming, in terms of uh, you know, a, leader, a, a woman, you know, being a, being a leader somewhere and all that. So what I just feel is, uh, I, I, I personally have my own threshold because I think I will just share it because you know, recently, not even recently, I, I think today, you know, I was telling my partner that you know, um, I really don't like the way I look. All right? Not necessarily my physical fit because I, I didn't like the way I look in terms of my weights. So mm -hmm. I, I look very, very slim and all that. And then I was just feeling very bad about that, actually. And then one of the things she told me was, um, um, don't feel bad about yourself. All right? Yeah, you can eat up, you can rest more and all that. But at the same time, don't feel bad about yourself. You love the way you are first. All right. Then you cannot begin to work on the things that need to work, work upon and all that. You know? So first of all, um, I think self-esteem is very important. All right. Uh, because and oftentimes I think this can also boil down to our Nigerian parents because or African parents generally, because uh, you know, I, I me, there's a way I would love to raise my children, all right, or my kids, basically, you know. In the sense that I always want to have a very strong, you know, self-esteem in such a way that nothing really gets to them because it can—it's it, a very serious issue. A lot of people have become suicidal because of all of these things. So I think that we really need to talk about this whole narrative of, you know, uh, shame in terms of gender perspective. And also, uh, sorry, I, sorry, I to, sorry to interrupt you. And I also think it's, it's something that affects, you know, people when they now come into the outside, like you know. Like the issue I, I will have, you know, maybe as a freelancer and the fear of rejection, it comes from somewhere. You know, it started from somewhere. And I think what you just said, it's the nail, nail on the head that appearance, you know, I made your cause of this. I, I just want to achieve that. Thank you. Just go on. Yeah. 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 So um, as I was saying the other time, that, yeah. So our parents need to do better. And well, we can't really change you know uh the time and all that so we also will be better parents all right so uh the best way we can correct that narrative is for us to also be better parents in terms of the way we raise our kids in terms of the words that we say to them actually because uh you know just like my pastor usually said that words are not neutral all right it could either be positive or negative actually and and words usually have implications all right so um it starts from us and also i wanted to say something that uh it's very important that we that, that also mention that you know when we shed tears or when we express our emotions, it does not necessarily mean that we are weak. All right. So um, you know, um it's just it's just us you know people people say that you can express yourself in different ways. All right, and also I, I think that it all boils down to the way we also react to this thing. For example, something happened on Twitter recently. Uh, I think uh, a guy and a lady they had a fallout in their relationship, I think about I think three years relationship or so. So the guy came out and then he voiced out everything that happened, you know, uh, how they started and how it ended. Even though it ended badly. 
you know so and then i think he tagged the lady and then you know on twitter twitter you're you exposing yourself to a lot of audience all right so a lot of people were commenting sorry other people uh, you know made their come give, give their opinions and all that and we had guys so who said you know um that was the guy's way of expressing his emotions or his pain and all that and then some people you know were in support of the female that you know females are scorned you know things like that you know and then if you had to be the guy in that situation you know because if you if you are this kind of person that just taking all comments from all works of life then you now be confused of which, which one of them are actually telling you the truth <laughs> all right are you thinking so we all have to actually be careful in the way we judge it. situations and all that and you know the world is going digital the world is going global you know uh we should learn personally learn how to filter people's comments i do that a lot all right that's why uh you know um people comment don't really get to me because i know how to filter and i know how to look away so that's something that someone would say and then it might be talking to me about those once i see that it's negative to my health or to my mental well-being i just look away i will not bother reading on and all that so uh it, it all comes down it all boils down to uh people generally all right and also us ourselves all right yeah i think i've i think i i tried yeah yeah good stuff good stuff good stuff good stuff so so let me ask you a tricky question right imagine yeah. you 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 and your wife now are earning 500k right and um you're earning about 500k and then um, your wife gets a better job offer right and you'll be paying her about two million naira, right and um, <laughs> I'm asking this question in first. So, so what what will you do at that point in time? Then let me ask the question first. Ah, well, that's a very interesting question. <laughs> ah, but because the thing is, I'm actually Africa. <laughs> yeah, I'm in Nigeria actually, you know, and I was brought up by an African parent, you know, and I watch Nollywood. Yes, <laughs> I won't deny that fact actually. So, I, I, I'm not kind of person that was exposed to maybe, uh, you know, all these. Um, international movies and all that i grew up watching all these yoga movies you know <laughs> and, yeah. and all that. so it's it, it, it kind of affected me a little bit all right um if you had asked me this question about i think before i entered the university about five or six years ago i would have i would have really ah, no it's not possible not, no 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 but, uh, but, but then uh, i think we learn and then we get better at what we've done all that so i feel that it's not always you're not supposed to be a dance right uh even, even though i know that it can be an issue because of this part of the world that we are our mentality our ideologies and all that that you know the man is the head and the man should earn more than this more than his wife and all that but at the same time um i'm glad that i'm talking about it and i'm glad that a lot of people are going to listen to this podcast all right so um you know reaching changing his narratives telling them about you know that you know see your wife any more than you doesn't necessarily mean that um you know doesn't necessarily mean that you are you are inferior yeah i think that's the word that you are inferior or that you are not doing enough but i feel that if your wife is any more than you it should actually help you because i don't know it just depends on the kind of relationship you have with your partner all right okay. so i know that there are some ladies also like i said it, it, it's more of an individual issue and also yeah. societal issue because there are some ladies that when they find any that kind of amount you know ego comes in yeah. which is very true all right ego 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 coming you know uh uh i don't know some other things could come which could be detrimental 
to the relationship or to the marriage. Are you get, get what I'm saying? So I just feel that it depends on mutual agreement and you knowing your partner. So if your partner is this kind of person that is not bothered about whether she, she ends more than you know that and then the partnership is two people coming together to become one. All right. So uh if your wife is any more than you, you are you are not earning much more than, than she does. I think it's just to help the family go forward. And also if you are paid that your wife is any more than you, then you up your skills or leave your job and get a better offer. I think that I don't think that it's just more of individual issues or but me, I don't personally since the question was directed to me, I feel that five hundred thousand, even if you're many five hundred thousand, I want to escape and any more chance. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's my take on that. Uh, uh, thank you, Tomola. <laughs> thank you for being very funny. <laughs> me, me, my end is that I'm looking for a wife that is earning two million there so that I can resign and retire and be keeping money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you can't shame the shameless, my dear. <laughs> right. uh, so, I, I want us to round this up. We spent about an hour already. And uh, that's how busy you are. And, um, I will ask a, a, a question. I'll try to jump up a lot of questions together, and I also want you to say your last words you know, alongside, right? So, building in public has been very instrumental for you, right? Yeah. And it came with a lot of risk, right? Because when you're building in public, you're exposing yourself to a lot of people who are going to come and criticize you, right? Yet, it has it has shown a lot of advantage like it has given you a lot lot of upside you've met people you've made money you're making money you know and all of those beautiful yeah so what will you have to say so i believe shame affects people's creative output right and that was the fundamental reason why i started this podcast before i realized that you know it goes just beyond that right there are a lot of fundamental things we also need to discuss right so ours, 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 how have you been able to handle all of this, right? Irrespective of the shame, irrespective of the criticism, irrespective of the rejection, the fear of rejection and all of those things, right? And also I wanted to say the last words, you know, how do we get better? Where do we go from here? Yeah, thank you very much, Tony. Uh, yeah, thank you. So um beauty in public comes here a lot of uh uh um, platform like Twitter, all right? People oftentimes have this mentality that Twitter is a very toxic place. So you actually have to be very careful because I'm also usually very careful because uh, I know that you know Twitter. If if, if you fall, they will forget all the good things that you have done, you know, and then now hammer on that fall, and then they will drag you like a generator and all that. So sometimes I get to keep that at the back of my mind that hey, keep your head straight. That's why one of the things I don't do, I don't jump on trends at all. Mm-hmm. All right, and I think that has been working for me, so I'm not necessarily making that a standard. All right, personally, I don't jump on trends, I don't jump on oh, something is trending, something is doing that. I don't do that, I just focus on what, I, what I'm doing, I just focus on giving out value, giving out resources, and all that. So, that has been one thing that has helped me, just my own personal, um, you know, it's just my own um, um, personal way of helping myself to actually, you know, stay strong while I'm building in public. Like I said, there are also ups that uh, uh, downside, like you know, um people trolling you, people saying that, for example, I sell courses, I sell digital courses and all that. People feel that, oh, the course is too expensive, yeah, this is this, yeah, and all that. You know. So uh, you have to learn how to handle things like that too. All right? So how do I handle them? Uh, just, I just give out, you know, me personally, I don't face a lot of trolls because I give out premium value for free. All right? If you follow me very well on Twitter, most of the things I give out are things that you, you might even pay for, 
all right when you go to some other people and other so i give out a lot of values for free so people respect me for that people feel oh this guy is generous oh this guy is really passionate about helping a lot of people so that has really been helpful for me all right and that I can, and then i can put up i can relate that back to my passion for helping young people just to ensure that you know a lot of people um you know stay out of this whole unemployment issue that you can start you can start something for yourself you can learn this out school you can make money with that and all that so uh, but then building in public general is very interesting particularly for those of you that are looking to start off freelancing you know um to do, to put out your digital skills and all that because oftentimes people always hire who they know all right you can be good and not be known so people hire people that are known even when you are not necessarily all that very important so um um i say this often that uh you know uh in public helps a lot in terms of your in terms of your own personal self-esteem all right so like i said uh earlier on don't at the start of your freelancing career or at the start of your building in public don't rely so much on people's commendation actually like i said people's commendation can be very difficult don't rely on that just be passionate about helping just one person just two persons you know and then you know uh you can always move it from there see if you can help one person then that means that you can help 100 people you can help two persons that means that you can actually help, help 1000 people and all that so uh, it start from that small unit it start from that small groups it start from that small you know uh you know uh cells and all that you know and then from there just keep on doing what you're doing be passionate about what you're doing and then i'm very sure that in time you actually reap the results oftentimes i say i think i've said that a lot that when you give out value the value comes back to you multi-dimensionally and that's what i do and that's what i'm enjoying today all right so yeah i give out a lot of free values but at the same time trust me the value is coming back to me in a multi-dimensional way all right so um getting probably is actually very interesting so my last words i will employ everybody looking to start out a journey in freelancing um get the right information all right like i said earlier you don't have to make mistakes for you to learn all right uh for you to learn experience all right so you can always start out rightly all right so get the right mentors join the right communities you know reach out to people and don't wallow in your ignorance yeah freelancing works a lot and that's what i'm passionate about helping other people gain traction in the gig economy learn that skill be good enough to learn that skill whether people say that the skill is competitive or not learn it See, there's no digital skill that is competitive at this time. A lot of people still need writers. A lot of people still need developers, data scientists, and all that. Yeah. Thank you very much, Olavide. You said it correct. And um, thank you very much for coming on the show. Guys, if you have any question, you have comments, you want to contribute, you want Olavide to give us questions, just send me. Yeah, anywhere you see it, just reply it, right? Or you can send me a mail at adrianemu at gmail.com. Um, you can follow Torbola. What is your Twitter handle? Olamide Torbola. Torbola in your Twitter and ask the question. Thank you very much, Torbola, for coming. Have a nice day. Bye. Bye.